Welcome to the Austin Art Talk podcast. My name is Scott David Gordon, your host. I am a photographer, art enthusiast, and collector here in Austin, Texas. Are you enjoying what I've released so far? Because I am having a lot of fun making this podcast, and I'm looking forward to many more episodes and interviews. Your feedback is welcome and encouraged. My goal is to talk with artists and gallery owners on a weekly basis to better understand what they do and why, what they have learned, what's working and what's not, and how to be successful and have a fulfilling career. At a minimum, I get to have fun conversations with someone I'm most likely friends with and learn more about them. And hopefully you are getting something useful for your life and career. This fourth episode is with Patrick Puckett, who I met about four years ago at one of his first openings at the Wally Workman Gallery here in Austin. His work blew me away and it just keeps getting better. We had a fun conversation while sipping old fashions and trying to keep his hound dog, Boudreaux, calm and distracted. Digging into Patrick's life and process was interesting, and we had many laughs. Enjoy. All right, Patrick, welcome to my podcast. (laughs) Thanks for having me. (laughs) Well, thanks for your time. Um, Well, the main reason I wanted to interview you is because you have a show coming up at Wally Workman, probably like your third or fourth, right? Third or fourth. Yeah, Yeah. I can't remember. Seems like fourth. No, it's good. Yeah. Usually sell those out. I'll I'll try to. Yeah. And they're super nice. Wally's awesome. Yeah. And Rachel. They're good. That's a great gallery. Good people. So I was thinking maybe we could start off talking about like your beginnings or your origin story, like growing up. You know, did you always know you wanted to be a painter or what kind of art did you do when you were a kid or did you know what art was or what painters were? Well, I mean, I grew up basically in a log cabin in the woods oh, in cool. Mississippi. <laughs> um, which was great. But I, I mean, like in, you know, my mom was awesome. There was always like crayons and colored pencils and paper and yeah. Legos and constructs or whatever. So, so she encouraged she creativity. encouraged <laughs> if for no other reason to like shut us up yeah you know, keep so you occupied do laundry and whatever because there were no iPhones or iPads or <clears throat> yeah no internet <laughs> which is great you know like yeah um so there was always that she was always very encouraging but then I didn't really realize that there was like like art or you could go to art go to school for that until one day i found like my mom's old like portfolio like art portfolio she took like a couple art classes Uh at the mississippi university for women oh and uh i I saw that one day and there was like all these drawings of like like figures and like skeletons i was like what is this this is so cool and she was like well i'll take couple classes and but yeah i was always you know drawing and making comic books like i was drawing and selling comic books in like the fifth and sixth grade oh, to wow. like other kids for like quarter quarter <laughs> 50 cents that's cool you know so i've been hustling on these streets yeah right trying to sell some but yeah so always it, i mean it started off with just scribbles and comic books and I don't know. 
Yeah. And then at some point in school, did you start taking some classes or? Yeah. I mean, I always took like in high school and junior high, like took art classes and it would, you know, like all that stuff. But once I, I never intended on going to college, but <laughs> my mom pretty much forced, like said, you have to go to college. Okay. I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to college. So I went to college and I found this. I took this art class and there's this professor, Jim Mead, and he kind of like, you know, when you go to college, if you can find that one professor yeah. that kind of like opened, like yeah. explodes your head a little bit. He was that guy and I took a lot of his classes and he was tough, hard ass professor mm-hmm. and just teaching drawing and painting and yeah, the basics and advanced stuff and he you know he's been teaching there forever and um did he have his own art career outside of yeah, teaching yeah he did but he was put on earth to teach oh like he like he yeah. was gifted at it for sure and inspired a lot of people oh my god yeah he yeah he was kind of as far as just like art career he's you know the biggest inspiration just uh, just scaring you into not doing <laughs> yeah. into like working i don't know yeah. but and did you find once you started taking classes that you had like a you're like wow i'm kind of good at this or was it a struggle or i mean it's both i mean i, w- I was always kind of good just at like the sketching and stuff and um it was always just kind of natural ish at it yeah uh natural yeah. ability but then a lot of hard work on top of that and yeah i mean there was natural ability there but then you know he he was like that's cool you know that you can but whatever but you've got to put in the hours yeah and hours and hours and that's that's kind of mostly what what I are learned. Some, what are some of the other things that you remember that he taught you that you kind of still think about that kind of help you or well i mean he it was very it was kind of like nuts and bolts of 2d design and like drawing and painting there was not lots of kind of i don't know like hippy dippy discussions about yeah. painting and art i don't that's a bad way okay. to explain it but it was <clears throat> It was more practical. Practical. And it wasn't even like, it was. there was no like, this is how you mix this color into this color or materials. It's like, I don't care what you use. You can use finger paint. You can do whatever. It was just like good design, good, just good painting. So like a work ethic. Yeah, it's mostly like a work ethic. Like if you showed up at the end of the semester and you had like a little skinny portfolio, like you were in trouble. Yeah. You're going to be made to feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Because you probably were, you're probably hanging on at the bar too much or whatever. So I had some skinny portfolios every once in a blue moon. Yeah. But he expected you to work a lot and produce a lot of work and, and that, in that way, make progress with your skill or figure out what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Did he talk about the practicalities of making a living as an artist? Did he encourage that, or did he 
feel like oh well, you, you know, I have to have this job even though I'm an artist or I mean there's not there wasn't a lot of that at USM when I went to school there was not like here's how you can become an artist and I think that was maybe just the time or maybe they just assume that you're probably not oh yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> but I mean that I mean he didn't assume that that just wasn't what you know he was there to teach you yeah you know like you can take like a, a business class or yeah take a business class or whatever yeah. you want to figure out how to do your taxes hire yeah. somebody to do your taxes he didn't care you know, like yeah mm-hmm. so yeah so that he was, was college good. that was college he was a great teacher and then we moved out to austin and I didn't paint or really do anything for like maybe the first six years we oh, wow. out here. I was just kind of like a bad boyfriend, bad human, <laughs> just going out a lot. I don't know. I just kind of fell out of it. I don't know. Did you get I, burnt out? Did he push you too hard? Or no, just, it wasn't even that. I was just just kind of floating about as human. Yeah, I don't know. And then, it, yeah, I just woke up one day. I was like, what am I doing? Like, I've got to get it together. So I just started, you know, opened, started, bought some more paints and studios and got back to work and got my first show in Austin at a coffee house. Okay. Just got to start somewhere. Yeah. And then I think I did a West Austin studio tour. So what time period is this? Like kind of when you picked up your paints again like six seven years ago or something okay like that. okay i mean i played like in college and stuff i played in bands so i kind of got like real into playing music okay and into bands and stuff and that was huge so it wasn't all about art yeah i mean I had other outlets and totally retired from <laughs> okay <laughs> the music yeah getting four dudes together in a room playing music That's, okay <laughs> done you're past that <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm not 20 something yeah. anymore okay so i did the west thing and like i just sent out postcards to like every gallery in town mm-hmm. out of town and wherever <clears throat> and the- rachel like she came to the show and i don't know they picked me up from there and that was when you had your studio over by campus Mm, in the basement of this really run-down apartment. Which is gone building. now, right? It's gone now, <laughs> the yeah. The building is gone. Yeah. I don't think there's anything there now, but it's making room for whatever. A W. Yeah. Or a second W hotel. Right. Know. So when you when you look at like the work that you did in college, and then when you picked up your paints again like six or seven years ago, is there any resemblance was it a continuation or did you just completely just reinvent yourself no i mean it's kind of i mean it's all figure painting (laughs) um i kind of in a way kind of felt like i picked up where i left off but then i also had to go through this whole process of feeling like the ghost of like my professor Uh and kind of like shedding that all and i still feel like i'm going through that a little bit okay and I kind of, like, in just different rules in college, it's like I feel like I'm intentionally just kind of, like, ignoring them or whatever. Oh. 
you know, one thing in painting class, I always see, not in his class, but in other, whether it's more like material based, is like never use like paint like straight out of the tube. And for the show, like I'm going to use as much paint straight out of the tube as possible. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's, I don't know. And I feel like after this show, I'm going to just kind of break off maybe from figure painting for a minute. Okay. But so that, you kind of learned the rules and did that throughout college and now you're kind of breaking the rules or whatever the rules well, yeah, are. I mean, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> oh man, it sounds so. Where do these rules come from? Yeah. <laughs> you can't tell me what to do. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't, what, what, what difference does it make what kind of paint you use or if you mix it or not? Yeah, it doesn't. Okay. I mean, I guess I'm the cheaper the paint the better so the how would you describe your work now and kind of like how do you do you can you kind of see how you arrived at the style that you have now uh i mean it's just kind of just evolves over the years i'm i don't know it's hard to say like i I finished the show and like i talked to my wife and was like i hate it this is garbage yeah. She's like, you do this after every show. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's good. You know, I hate it all. So I'm ready to like make the next show. Yeah. I guess like, but how it evolved, I don't know. It's just, it's just a matter of getting off work and going in the studio and just doing it. And then whatever kind of yeah happens, happens. Okay. It's a mysterious process. <laughs> Yeah, it's not a mysterious process at all. It's just, it's work, I think. I don't know. I think it's 90% work. And then, like, you know, at 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm laying in bed, like, thinking about moves I can make on the painting tomorrow. Oh, okay. Kind of thing. Uh, But I've always said it's kind of like, it's kind of like writing songs or whatever. I don't know. I'm reading this Keith Richards his autobiography yeah. right now. Uh-huh. So my artist talk is probably just going to be like 90% Keith Richards quotes. Okay. <laughs> That'd be pretty wild. Yeah. I mean, and he, and he always said painting is kind of like writing a song and he kind of talks about that a little bit. And, you know, like I know I'm going to make a, you know, a figure painting. There's going to be a figure. There's going to be like two or whatever. And, you know, he's going to, he knows he's going to make, He's not going to sit down with a guitar and write an opera. Yeah. He knows he's going to write some kind of R&B-ish, rock and roll-ish yeah. thing. But it's just the way he talks about, like, you know, you've got you've to subtract and add and work it. And, like, to like your little babies, you talk to them. Sometimes you're an asshole to them. Like, your painting or whatever. Or your song. And the song kind of tells you what, need, what it needs. And the painting kind of tells you what it needs. And... Like scrape this off. I don't know. But as far as the process goes, it's like the first three days of a painting. Can you hear the squeaky toy? Can you hear the squeaky toys? <laughs> yeah, that's Boudreaux, our third uh, interviewee. So, who are these people that you're painting? Like, are they? Is this coming out of your head, or are they based on people you know, or photos, or? For the longest time, they were just completely just made up figures that I would just like sketch 
on the canvas. Uh-huh. And now I've kind of started going through like, you know, flicker.com. Uh-huh. It's yeah. kind of like probably going to go out of business any day now. <laughs> yeah. But the weirdest, the weirdest pictures you will ever see on the internet is, are on flicker. Oh, really? I mean, there's just all kinds of crate and there's like, you know, like old libraries will put all like these like old antique photos uh-huh. up on flicker and stuff. So I'll just, I will surf like flicker and try to get like these, you know, find like these old pictures of figures. And so some of them are kind of based off of just like these random photos that I'll find. Uh-huh. Um, and some of them are just made up, but none of them really ever are people I know. Okay. Are, yeah. With but they few. seem to kind of all live in the same universe in a way, don't they? Or maybe they kind of live in the same time period or area. Yeah, I mean, anything, that <clears throat> they all kind of have to hit, like, some, like, some nerve in my brain or whatever that uh-huh. kind of, I feel like there's, like, kind of, like, a lot of nostalgia oh. at play with, like, the paintings or, like, the figures that I choose or just subject matter. Nostalgia from like your childhood or Mississippi or yeah, kind of from Mississippi. But even now, I mean, we've been in Texas for so long that it's starting to kind of bleed into <laughs> almost twelve years. I guess we've yeah. been here. How long does it usually take you to finish a painting? I guess it depends on the size, but like a pretty big size painting. It does depend on the size, but I mean, not very long. I mean, a huge one will take maybe a month. Oh, wow, that long. But, I mean, there's lots of drying time between, oh, like... Okay. And you're working on maybe multiple. Yeah. I mean, you'll get one real juicy and sloppy, and you've got it's got to sit there for at least two or three days before oh, you can okay. kind of add more paint to it before it gets too muddy. So you have a big blank canvas in front of you, and maybe you have some photos from Flickr that you printed off, or maybe you just looked at them. Do you print them out, or you? Just yeah, look sometimes at them? I print them out, and uh, like I'll tape them up to the wall, and you know, sometimes I'll put them, bring them into like Photoshop, and kind of like color them in there. Okay. Or sometimes I'll like start the painting and take pictures of the painting, and put that in Photoshop, and like kind of superimpose both of the images on top of each other, and like yeah, you know, moves sky here it's kind of like cheating as far as just like compose it like because you don't have to spend all the time of like getting all the paint on the canvas and then scraping it off and like so you're kind of streamlining streamlining the process in a way so yeah you can kind of design you know i've got this little drawing pad like digital drawing pad thing at work yeah so you add bits and pieces here so when you're making big decisions in the studio you can kind of figure those out in advance. Like, Oh, if this huge sky is going to be pink and like, this is this, it's like, you can do it in a minute on the computer and figure out, you know, I can see it now. I'm, I'm not going to like that before Ah. I have to like do it all, you know, mix all the paint and it's like a pre visualization. Yeah. I guess it is shooting in a way. Matisse never got the Photoshop his shit. Yeah. But it's 
how but it feels better than when you just kind of were just doing it out of your head i mean it's a, maybe an easier less strenuous process or i mean it's easy i mean yeah it's easy uh but still i mean you can like oh okay like this looks good i've kind of like added some color here or like you know maybe the leg needs to go this way or whatever and then you come home and try to do it on the painting and then the painting's like haha wrong <laughs> oh wow okay <laughs> it's like because you have to do it you know in the end it's still about how it works on the painting it's no matter what you figured out in photoshop yeah you can think you figured out something but you've got to just throw the paint up there and see what happens yeah yeah when you're when you're painting do you well i mean what does it feel like when you're painting is it do you feel like you're in kind of a flow state is it is it like a constant struggle? Is it? Are there moments like for me, when I'm taking pictures? Sometimes I'll just see a composition or see an elements all come together, and it just it's like really exciting. Is it? Do you have moments like that? Is the whole time? Mm. Are you like trudging through it, or how does it? How does it feel? Rarely would I say I'm like having fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I mean, it is kind of a process. I mean, like. I'll come home. I'm already exhausted. I'll like change clothes, get in the studio, put on some music, loud music, usually instrumental or something. I don't want to make it sound like I'm like miserable in there, but like, but it feels like it's like a second job in a way. I mean, it is, there's no euphoria. I mean, there's like, I mean, there's moments where I'm like, yeah, that click that worked. This looks good. And I'll like, you know, kind of take a step back and be like, like where this is going or the opposite. Like I'm about to trash this painting and my (laughs) whole day or next two or three days is ruined until I can talk and figure this out. Yeah, it's mostly just work. It's just like put the music on, get in there, mix the paint, put it on there, and you know, I'll turn the paintings upside down. I'll like mm-hmm. walk out of the room, come back in, like rub my eye, you yeah, know, just try to like look at it different and turn it on its side. And so, do you feel like you've kind of maintained this work ethic that you got in college, or is that still there? Do you feel that your teacher driving you, or? Well, I feel like I have the best work ethic now I've ever had because I mean I had a horrible work ethic in yeah. college, but I was just good, so I could kind of <laughs> get by. Yeah, I could. But I, I mean, that's not true. I did work a lot, but yeah, the years in Austin where I just kind of did nothing—that was super depressing. So I'd find a way out of that somehow. Yeah, but no, it's good. It's good. I'm good now. So you feel driven to paint then i mean it's like obviously you wouldn't put yourself through all this no it's like if i'm not i mean if i'm doing it it's driving me crazy and making me depressed and highs and lows but if i'm if i'm not doing it i'm really not in a good place so it's got it's got to there's no choice you got to do it or i'm gonna drive everybody around me crazy kind of like how my dog is driving us crazy (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm just waiting for a big howl to come out that's any moment now. Yeah. I guess I'm just, I'm wondering about the uh, nostalgia part. I wonder if we could dig into that a little bit more. Like, what does that feel like? Or what's the, 
nostalgia? I mean, do you feel like the past is more ideal or than the present or how, how is that work? Mm, I don't know really. I mean, I guess I'm kind of a nostalgic person. Like maybe that comes with being 30, late 30 something. Yeah. But I don't. I don't think it's that. I mean, I'm nostalgic when it comes to like like collecting old records and stuff that I used to listen okay. to and stuff like that. But I don't know. I think it's more just kind of like maybe like a vibe. I don't know. It's like I'm doing figure painting, which is the least kind of I guess kind of cool thing you could do. Oh, is it? Oh, is it? Is I it don't not? Think so. I think it is. I think it's pretty timeless. I mean, people have been doing yeah. figure painting for. But I mean, yeah, it, I don't know. It's for certain things. Nostalgia. Whenever it's something like can hit that nerve or trigger in my brain, like an old song that comes on or something I used to listen to, or like some imagery that stirs up some old emo- that brings up powerful emotions in me oh. for some reason. And that could know. be all over the board, any kind of emotion. Yeah. any. Well, uh, yeah. As far as, I mean, it could be like happiness or sadness or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I'm really, I'm kind of interested in that or, you know, just like timeless figure. Like I kind of want to like, like I don't want like, Oh, these figures are like, from five, you know, yeah, the eighties like, or the eight, yeah, you know, like, yeah. like I did one painting that's in Seattle, that whatever, and it's like it looks like, you know, it could be from like the nineteen thirties, like in like an old like kind of antebellum dress or whatever, but yeah. I gave her like a iPhone watch or whatever, oh, like really? on her wrist, you know, just like <clears throat> okay. I don't know, but I I don't know. I'm interested in kind of nostalgia and things from the past. And do you look at some of your paintings and get those feelings, those emotions, like you're saying? Or? Mm, no, when I look at my old paintings, it's disgust and okay. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's not not all of them. I mean, once there's enough time between them and you, then like okay. How big is that gap between where like you finish a painting and you're kind of like this is done? I mean, is there ever a feeling of satisfaction then that it immediately turns into disgust or how how does that? Well, I mean, from for this new show, there are two. I'm like these are good. Okay, I like these. I'll go to the show and I'll see them on the wall and like these are good. I did a good job. Yeah, most of them I'm gonna just like cringe. Okay, and like not make eye contact with <laughs> so do you think your standards are abnormally but i mean or I, skewed or? i don't know but i guess if you're like making an album and you you've got like two or three hits that's pretty uh, good okay you know? yeah and but i mean everyone not every i mean i can't speak for everyone but people love your work so like are, well, what are they good. saying that you're not seeing Oh, I don't know. I mean, and that's the thing too. It's like for the card for the 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 painting that they chose for the the invitation or whatever. Yeah, hate that painting okay. with a passion. <laughs> like almost threw it in the trash several times. But my wife loves it, and it's like you've got to keep it. Just keep it in the show for me. And then 
like they come up with it. I'm not going to tell them which painting to put on the invitations, whatever. And yeah. Rachel's like, hey, your invitation's ready. And that's the one. I was like, pissed. Okay. Pissed. I was like, I can't. But at the same time, here comes another Keith Richards reference. Okay. I remember reading this book and it was great. It was like talking about when he was, when they were recording uh, Satisfaction. Like they were just. I don't remember where they recorded, but just like on cassettes and they did versions and it was just kind of, you know, he, his guitar was really distorted, but he was doing like these guitar likes that he would later overdub with like horns and stuff, or they would make it slower, faster, but then like the record label just released it. Oh, wow. Before and like, you know, he was ready. And then he was like, you know, but it's great. You, like sometimes you just have to realize things that you create aren't necessarily for you or uh, or your taste, and that's okay. Yeah. And then maybe with some time you'll kind of grow to, to like appreciate it or maybe a little bit. But that I mean that's is there something in there with kind of like the way you feel about a lot of your work that drives you to create more work i mean if you were just like sitting around like oh i'm so awesome and all my work every piece i do is awesome maybe yeah, you would who just kind asshole? of who wants to be that <laughs> yeah i feel like if you loved everything you did i mean maybe some people do but so it, does it in some way motivate you to keep trying yeah. to get to the next yeah. level yeah it's like this is garbage let's do next okay this is garbage. see that it's, yeah i'm already ready for the next show i'm like got big ideas and then I'll, I'll it'll be the same process over i'll start one and be like oh this is horrible <laughs> yeah right you'll hate it too yeah. i mean like over the last six or seven years that you've been painting again what is the evolution of your work looked like i mean do you see i mean i'm i'm sure you could look at a painting from six or seven years ago and know oh yeah I, that's how i used to paint or do you i mean do you feel like you're getting better or are things changing in some way? Have you evolved, do you feel like? I don't know if they're getting better. I mean, I've kind of changed, like, techniques. I feel like the last show was, the paint was way, it was a lot thinner. There's way more, like, layers and it's way goopier. The, the most, the one that's just about to come out is goopier? No, well, the the previous one, before yeah. this one. Okay. Like, lots and lots of thin layers, uh... And this one, I've kind of gone back to just like real thick, opaque, mm-hmm. kind of, I don't know, I want, you know, Peter Doig, I want, you know, I guess some figure painters, everybody's kind of now going through like a Peter Doig phase and kind of went through that. I don't know. Tell me about Peter. I don't know anything about him. You don't know him. Peter Doig? No. He's like, he's, a, you know, a contemporary painter. He's alive. He's, his stuff is really good. Yeah. Uh, got some of his books but i think he, just, he might be known for that. using a lot of paint well his stuff is real washy and we went he had a at the we went to montreal like two or three years ago to see his show it kind of blew blew my mind oh yeah it's pretty good it was real large paintings but his figures are like you know it'll just like maybe six inches tall and then a huge kind of expanse of landscape yeah but now i'm kind of back to more 
Matisse. Okay. Matisse. And what is that? Like bolder color, like, you know, shapes. Pay more attention to shape. Mm-hmm. Bolder colors. So is that in the show that's about to come out? Or you're saying you're kind of, that's where you want to go next? No, I mean, it's a little bit in the show, but not really. It's kind of a combination of everything. I feel like this show is kind of a culmination of everything I've kind of been through in the past seven years. Oh, wow. Okay. <clears throat> so there's a little bit of everything in there. There's like lots of washy stuff and lots of thick, goopy, opaque paintings and lots of dog hair in the painting. Yeah, right. <laughs> So these people are just, I mean, you don't really, do you think of them as people? Do they have lives? Do they have personalities? Or are they just no. color and shape? And I mean, no, I don't think about any kind of like backstory or anything like that. Yeah. But they are like, I mean, it does affect the way you make the painting just because like, if there's a line that goes down like the contour of an arm, mm-hmm. it has a very different effect to the line that goes down like the table they're sitting next to or whatever like yeah. any shit like line or shape that has to do with the figure is very like charged but like i mean personally i don't care about anything <laughs> yeah okay you don't get attached to them or no it's about like yeah them. i mean there's a, a a human figure in there but it's really about the whole painting as as a whole like i'm really talking more to like the stretcher bars and the canvas okay than i am like <laughs> <laughs> like a human figure in there. I gotcha. What are some of the uh, other artists that have influenced you that you really like? Uh, I mean, Richard Diebenkorn has been a huge influence since college. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know even? Yeah, I've heard his name. Yeah, I can't think of a painting off the top of my head, but uh, I mean, I always like as college kid. I love Diebenkorn, Matisse, Picasso, like all you know, standard yeah. stuff. I really like Peter Doig. I don't even know if I'm saying his last name right. I'm pretty How sure. do you spell it? Do you know? D-O-I-G. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. That sounds right. Um, there is this other figure painter. I can't think of her name. But her, her like figures are really sloppy and really weird. But they're really like you can tell that like that's a specific person. I can't. I wish I could think of. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. I'll let you know after okay. this. We can edit it in, and it'll be super awkward. And like, <laughs> that painter was this so and so. Yeah, I'll put a link. Yeah. What do you feel like you've learned about being an artist? Like, kind of on the business side, do you feel like you have any? Um, you Lessons. should ask somebody that doesn't have a day job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me. Yeah, so yeah, that that is one thing I was going to ask you. Do you aspire to paint every day all day long or do you think that you have to have a day job? No, I mean the, I mean kind of like the secret goal is to move out into the country. Maybe back in Mississippi and you know where the rent isn't? Yeah. $5 million a month <laughs> yeah. and just paint. Uh, I feel like I'm getting kind of close. I'm, I'm adding a few new galleries this year. Oh, okay. So eventually, but it's still, I mean, yeah. So that you feel like that would be the, that's the life that you want. Cause some people feel like you have to, 
you know you don't want to put it all on your art you have to have something on the side you can uh, i mean works for jerks okay <laughs> <laughs> the nine to five is a drag yeah uh but you know so if you forget if you could just not go to work and just paint all day you would be tickled about that yeah i want like the francis bacon schedule yeah of painting and what what is that <laughs> just like wake up have some tea paint go have lunch around 11 have a couple glasses of wine with lunch meet friends Maybe go back and paint for another hour or two, or not. Can you talk about these new galleries? Or what, what, let's start with. So you're at Wally Workman, mm-hmm. and where else do you have your work right now? Uh, this uh, a gallery in Seattle. Okay. Which is this is so shitty, but I can't even think of the name of it right now. The Hall Spazoff Gallery in Seattle. That's what it is. Okay, it just came back to me. Um, could you handle more galleries? I mean, do you have enough time in the day to paint and work? Well, that's kind of where it becomes like, do I try to like get a part-time job because the galleries are becoming more demanding? Yeah. Or, yeah. There's like a tipping point there. Yeah. There's going to be have to point to where like one, you know, that kind of takes over. Which that would be great if it did. But yeah, it hasn't so far. But you're getting there. I, I mean, ho- you're on the right track. Yeah, it feels like. I hope so. Um, yeah, just trying to get some more galleries, and you know, that's fine. I'll I'll take a part time job, just transition out of okay, you know, nine to five. Yeah, at some point maybe. So, are you pursuing them or? Do they find you? I mean, do you have a strategy or? No, no strategy. The, the ones kind of I'm looking into, they, well, I mean, I have pursued a few here and there, but the ones, I mean, and then some have contacted me, but so we'll see. Is that like a long courting process? Like, what does that look like? Is it, it's not that straightforward or it is? No, I mean, like, as far as, like, galleries I've approached, I've, like, it's bitten off way more than I could chew. It's like, okay, I know, like, you, like this museum, they're not going to accept me. Yeah. But you might, you know, might as well just go for those. Yeah. And then ones where it, I could reasonably be expected to get it, those are the ones that have kind of, like, approached me. Kind yeah. Of thing. So... It's just a little bit both of, and we'll see. I don't. I don't know. For right now, it's just the one in Austin and the one in Seattle, and maybe one coming up in Charleston. Maybe one in Atlanta. So you don't have any advice for other artists or up and coming artists <laughs> about how to run your career? Or? No. no. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> just, you're just winging it. Yeah, just figure it out. You know, because if you've got, if you have kids, it's like 50 times harder. And, yeah. You know, who knows what everybody's situation is. Like, the only thing you can do is just work, work, 
yeah, and just, just hope, put in the work. Yeah, and just hope everything pans out. And I was super. I used to be super into like the whole promotion thing, like when I was in bands and stuff. Yeah, like, you know, I was playing in bands. I would create the logo and the t-shirts, and before we had songs. But now, and the art, really not into like, I don't know, the whole business side yeah. of it. But you, you have to be, you know, if you want to do it, get, be able to buy groceries. Yeah. <clears throat> so what, what's like the minimal that you do? Like, what do you do to promote yourself? You've, you post stuff online or. Yeah. I mean, it's just like the social stuff. And then you just hope you get a, a good gallery that treats you right. And they do the 50%. Yeah. You know, has it been hard? What kind of learning curve has that been like working with galleries? Like what have you learned? Well, I got lucky with Wally because that was my first gallery. And I feel like, you know, if they'll have me, I'll probably be with them forever. Yeah. Um, and I've dealt with some shady, some shady galleries. Oh, or like you give them work and you don't know if you're going to get it back or, I mean, yeah, they just don't pay you or there's stuff. I mean, I don't want to get into the details about it. Yeah. Right. But there, I mean, there is, that's, that stuff. And you just, you know, you just got to find people that. You gotta find friends, you know, like, like, and I guess I've, I got lucky with my first gallery. So I, that, I mean, that was a standard. It's like, they are super f- professional, yeah. super nice, super awesome. And that's a standard that, I, that I'm gonna, right. like, you know, work with from now on, you know, this. So we'll see. So tell me about your, uh, I saw recently you posted about a book. Like, tell me about this book. Did you design that or? Yeah, I mean, my day job is graphic design. Yeah, right. So, yeah, I just put it together and just self-published it on one of those little online yeah. thingamabobs. And it looked beautiful from the video I saw online. Yeah, I'll let you have one. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> did you photograph all the work yourself? Or mm-hmm. did, okay. Yeah, and I'm really... I, I guess if I could pick one thing that I hate most about all of this, it's photographing paintings. Like, I think that's a huge struggle for a lot of artists is documenting your work. It's horrible. And they're big and like, I mean, I've kind of got like a nice camera and lights and stuff. A system, yeah. It's never quite good enough. Yeah, I mean, the paint's the shiny work. and yeah. they're big, so you really just have to like, I mean little jpegs online they look kind of horrible yeah so you're going in and photoshopping a lot of the images or no i mean just i'll just crop them and you know maybe just make sure they kind of like represent what you'll see them if you saw them in like a gallery with nice lights yeah okay just kind of make sure that they (laughs) kind of represent the paintings yeah so why do the book? What inspired you to do that? Or what do you hope to It's really just like that? a kind of a mar- it's it's good for like people like people that like my paintings but 
you know, I mean, they're expensive. Yeah. So the, if they want to buy a book, they can have a book. But also to sit. And, you know, I'll give one to Wally so people come in. Like, mm-hmm. here's all the, you know, instead of the one painting they have hanging out. Or to send to other galleries. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a beautiful uh, promotional piece for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of like a big business card, I guess. Yeah. So how does someone get one of your books if they want it? Good question. This <laughs> <laughs> is where the advertising. Yeah. You just go to my website and there's like a link. It says book. Click book and you can buy it. What's your website? PatrickPuckett.com. So even though you end up hating some of your work, why do you think – can you put yourself in the shoes of the people that are selling out your shows and buying your work? Like can you put yourself in your their shoes and kind of see what they see or see why they like your work or why they would buy one of your paintings and put it in their house and look at it every day? I mean, people buy – all kinds of ugly things to hang up on their walls. <laughs> so, you know, if somebody likes it, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm glad I'm, if whenever, whenever anybody purchases me, like I love, I like, I like this painting and I want to buy it. It's like, it still blows my mind and it's still super flattering. And I can't really understand why people have, I don't know. So it's, I mean, just because I don't like a painting, you know, if someone likes it, that's great. Yeah. You know. And what's really the, I mean, what's really the big difference between the paintings in this upcoming show that you like and the ones you don't like? I mean, is it perceptible to anyone else other than you, do you think? Mm, I mean, maybe. I mean, like. I mean, what do you see in the ones, why are the ones that you like so successful? Like, what 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 do you like about them? Because they feel finished, they feel like a strong statement. Like the all, like the texture's good, the color's good, the composition's good. It I feel like it kind of says something and maybe nothing, and it just feels like finished. Like the ones that I hate are like they feel more ambiguous. Like they're not yeah, saying something. Maybe like they've been overworked or underworked. Or so you either worked on it too long or you didn't work on it long enough. I mean, that's yeah. probably a tough thing for a painter to know when to stop. I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that, that is the biggest struggle because a lot of paintings, you'll work on them for like four or five days and you're like, this is great. This is perfect. If I work on this anymore, I'm going to screw it up. Yeah. That's when you know you it's not finished and you need to work on it more. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because like, you're too full of yourself. The painting is tricking you. It's oh, like lying wow. to you. Okay. <laughs> wow. I didn't know it was so complicated. Well, no one says complicated, but... Yeah, I mean, you've got to, like, work them to completion. And, like, they can kind of trick you and say, like, oh, I'm really pretty right now. Like, nah, yeah, you are, but you're not finna. And then it can go, like, way downhill or you can. And then you keep working on it and then you, you, like, you realize, like, oh, yeah, like, now it's done. Oh. 
a complete expression, I guess. Yeah. And I feel like there's two or three of those in the show, and then the rest are like, you know, B-sides. Okay. And those two, three, two or three good ones, what kind of, what kind of statement are they making? Like, what is, is it a literal statement or is it just kind of No, it's not a literal statement. It's just like, you know, if like, I want to make a painting where like, if I walked into a museum and turned around the corner and didn't know who the painter was or anything, and I just looked at it and like, that something that just, you know, my, my eyes get wide and like. It just says something to me and whatever that is that whenever that happens and I feel like that that's the painting that I want to see and I can make that and it, and that happens that's rare ish yeah and then that's I don't know I'm explaining it really no, I get it you know poorly but do you think that's a universal thing that like everyone would feel that, or do you think that's unique to you? Like, do you think that like some good work is just so good that it's just universally like makes people stop in their tracks? No, it is. Yeah, I mean, there. I mean, people have their own personal tastes, but there's like paintings out there that are just like hardwired somewhere into like the human experience. You know? Yeah, that's like like transcend. Yeah, and, like the you, individual. Yeah. I don't know that any any of my work has done that, but that's what you're striving for. Yeah, um, it's a big goal. Um, but I don't know as far as like individual paintings that have done that. Too. The Picasso painting, like the Les Demoiselles de Avignon, mm-hmm. you like that for the French there, the yeah, Mississippi nice. French. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know. I saw that when I was like in the eleventh grade or something in person, and. Shit fucking blew my mind. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's like I want to see. I don't know. I want to see good paintings. So, do you see yourself painting for the rest of your life? I mean, is that just kind of a given? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or what's next for you? At least in the short term, you want to try. You said you might want to try something different with the next show. I mean, it's just gonna be. I mean, it's still gonna be figure painting or just like large paintings, but just like. You know, might add in some, you know, bigger brushes or smaller brushes. Or... Uh-huh. Boudreaux. <laughs> There's the hound dog. But nothing, yeah. Brush size. You're going to adjust your brush, brush size. size. That's all, like, yeah. <laughs> Big paradigm shift. Yeah. So the dream is to move out into the country and just paint and kind of just have a nice life and... Move to the country, hang out, cook, cook good food, hang out with the dog, paint, yeah, go fishing. <laughs> Get out of this apartment complex with the crazy neighbors. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, well, that sounds awesome, man. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. No big, lofty goals. Well, I think you can do it. I think you're on your way. Doesn't it feel like that? Yeah. I mean, you just you work hard, and it'll you it'll work happen. Hard and move back home, mountains of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. No. I don't I have no idea. Like we love it in Austin so much. I don't. We 
we say maybe we'll move back home, but we thought we would live in Austin for maybe a year. Oh wow! Okay. And then maybe go somewhere else, but like we love it here, so I don't. I don't know. We ha- we have no idea what the future okay holds. Well, yeah. Whiny dogs. That's that's in the future. That's all I know. Okay, cool, man. Well, uh, I think that's about it. Okay. Thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for ask, asking all my questions and trying to figure it out on the on the spot. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I could be your worst podcast <laughs> so far. By far. No way. No way. No way. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Okay. Appreciate thanks. it. Thanks for listening, and please feel free to share any feedback you might have by going to the contact page at austinarttalk.com. If you have any suggestions for guests or subjects you would like covered or addressed, please let me know. The intro and outro music is a song called Elvin Sight from my friend Stan Killian's album Unified. If you like what I'm creating and want to support my efforts, please consider becoming a patron by going to the support page at austinarttalk.com and clicking on the Patreon link. There you can read more about my goals and plans and hopefully choose a level of support that is comfortable for you, which could be as little as a dollar a month. Also on the support page is a banner link to Amazon where you can support me for free by just using that link before you sign in and shop. The easiest way to remember is just to save the link to your browser's toolbar and label it Amazon. I'll get credit for a small percentage of what you purchase at no cost to you. And if you work for a company that regularly buys from Amazon, maybe get that person into the podcast and see if they want to contribute in their own way. For either form of support, I would be very grateful and appreciative and will strive to put out the best content I can and add value to the lives of those who listen. Thank you for your time and take care.